Thank you, Mark. Okay, can you hear me okay? Let's have a look. Uh, I haven't actually got my phone with me today at all, so I can't even pretend that I'm watching it. Uh, <coughs> you keep me up. You keep me updated. What on the score or? Uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> it's great to be with you this morning. Um, it's great to be able to come and share uh, what God has put on my heart. Um, uh, a really um, very very challenged again uh, myself personally uh, by God. Um, and, and, and not with anything that I haven't heard before. Uh, and I don't know if you, uh, if you find that. You know, God's word, you can hear it a hundred times, and then that hundred and first time, it will, boom, it will hit you like a ton of bricks. And, uh, you know, because that's the Holy Spirit, sometimes um, speaks right into our hearts, doesn't it? You know, and uh, I hope that the Lord does that for you this morning. Um, <clears throat> Now, uh, Joel, you've got that power. We're not going to put it up yet. We're not going to put it up yet, but you got it, yeah? Okay. All right, I want to tell you a story. Um. Right. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Quick, hide it. <laughs> okay, I want to tell you a story first. Um. <clears throat> a story about a, uh, a surgeon. Uh, he was a very uh, clever man. A pretty brilliant man, uh, and he, uh, he he wasn't a Christian or anything, but he was searching for God, uh, and he was he 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 uh, read a lot of books uh, and a, a lot of argument and understood the arguments and and in his mind he tried to uh, reason whether he could believe in God and if he could believe in Jesus, and he found it very tough. Um, uh, and he couldn't bring himself to that point where he says, I, I, I know for definite that Jesus is the one and he is the way. Uh, he, he just, he, he said, I just don't know if I do. You know, and, um, uh, and, and what he was, he was a surgeon. He used to do the operations where you, you cut out the cancer. You know, the, those type of operations. I'm not in any way technical. I don't understand it all. Um, <coughs> so I went and looked it up a little bit. Uh, and, 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 and what he did is he found Jesus at the end of his scalpel. That's what he said. I found Jesus at the end of my scalpel uh, when he was cutting out one day. And he had this absolute rev revelation. Uh, and now to understand his revelation, I, I'm going to read this to you. It says, Most of the time the body's cells work together harmoniously, each contributing to the greater good. Cancer cells, which divide and colonize the body, are an exception to this rule. They prosper at the expense of other cells, but also seal their own fate by eventually killing the host. Okay? Now as a doctor, he would know all this sort of stuff. I wouldn't. But he, he came to this wonderful revelation that these cancer cells, they were selfish. They were purely self-motivated. 
All they wanted to do was grow their own self. And he came to, this was the revelation that he came to. Jesus is the only one who's completely unselfish. He's the only way that we can maintain life. The only way we can have life is through Jesus. Uh, And he's a scientist. I don't think like that. That's got nothing to do with the way I think. I think, oh, all right, fair enough, mate. That's great. But for him, that was an absolute revelation. And in that moment, he gave his life to Jesus. And I, I, and I think it just struck me. You can know all the information you like. <laughs> you can have all the evidence to hand. But it won't... It, it, you, you can't know Jesus that way. You can't know for certain that he's your saviour. Because what you read in a book... You've got to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. That was the only way this guy found it. He had this revelation of Jesus and he understood it in a a moment. It's like something went to his heart. And we all need that. This is the conclusion I'm coming to. We all need that. We all need that moment. If we're truly, if we're truly going to believe in Jesus Christ. You won't get there by weighing up the evidence. You need a pinprick of the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus Christ to you in your conscience. Okay? Now, I was thinking about this. If, um, if evidence was the only way you could... So if I say, well, right, I want to find God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at all the evidence available to me and I'm going to make a, a weighed up decision based on all the evidence that I can see are for and against. Okay? There's a lot of evidence for both sides. Whether it's true evidence or not, you'll have to figure all that out yourself. So really, the only person who's really qualified to judge all the evidence would be a judge or, or, or a, a lawyer. So straight away that discounts me. <laughs> I'm never going to get anywhere. I don't. I can't really judge the evidence. I don't. I, I can't understand God that way. I'm just not clever enough, and I haven't got enough time. I don't want to waste my time doing that. How about if I say to myself, right, well, if I can scientifically understand God, if I can scientifically understand it, then, then I will. Then I will believe. Then I will know. Uh, problem is I'm a little bit too simple for that (laughs) science isn't my thing that's going to discount everybody who isn't a scientist well why would God why would God make us to to all have to be scientists just to understand him surely God wouldn't put me at such a disadvantage to begin with so we sort of, you know, only people who are professors or have got an A star in science, GCSE, are ever going to have a chance. And that's definitely not me. I don't know. Have we got anyone with an A star GCSE science? Oh, Hannah. You're all right. You're in. <laughs> huh. 
do you get what I'm saying? It, it's too, God's too big to understand fully. There must be something else. Uh, the way God has designed things is that any simple-hearted person with a conscience can tr- truly know that Jesus is their personal saviour. Any simple-hearted person with a conscience. Well, I'm there. And so are you. You can know him. Uh, And it's absolutely wonderful uh, to know that your opportunity to know God is just the same as the next person. And he wants to speak into your spirit. And he wants to speak into your heart. um, And when it registers... um, you will know him. Uh, and, and the thing that I'm learning more and more is religion isn't that useful to me. It's not that useful to you either. Understanding isn't that useful to me. Um, and, and there's so many things in this Christian walk. If I want to be a Christian, there's so many things that um, are a distraction from actually knowing who God is. So many things. Doing church work, that's a distraction. Um, making sure I read my Bible all the time, that's really good. It's really good, but it's a distraction. You know, keeping up with programs. Doing the right thing all the time, that's exhausting. That's actually a extra- uh, uh, distraction from knowing God. It's not knowing God. By being a good person, you won't know God. <laughs> The only way you'll know God is by having a revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> uh, and I want to uh, try and illustrate a little bit of what that means. Now, um, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some illusions. We're going to put them up there. They're, they're completely silly and they're nothing to do with God. They're just illusions. All right? So this first one is a cat. But if you look closely... Can you see the rat? Yeah, that one. That one's quite easy. Okay. All right. Come on then. Next one. Huh? Oh, have I got a clicker? Have I? Oh, sorry. Can you see it? So you've got. Uh, yeah, you've got the man in the... Can you see... You can obviously see the man's face. Can you see the man in the coat? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Right. Now we're going to get on to the tough ones. All right. Can you see the old man? Can anyone see anything else? All right, because I can't. I actually put this one in there because I can't see it. Apparently there's two people kissing somewhere in this. Can you see it? What do you mean, yeah, just about? I can't see anything. <laughs> but the, the truth is, the two people kissing are there, but you can't see them. Or you can see them. Oh, look, he's seen it. Oh, look, here we go. Okay, I still can't, I still can't see it. But can I just say, isn't Jesus like this sometimes? He's there. He's not changing. He's plainly in front of us. 
but some of us can't see him. <laughs> All right, let's try this last one. All right. Do you know what I did on this one? I did it on my laptop, and I had to go all the way down the other end of the room to spot it. Can you see the dog? Oh, is that, was that easy? Oh, I must be really dumb. That took me ages to get that one. Can you see the dog? So, that's the dog's head. That's the dog's me. You see that? Yeah, okay. I'll leave, I'll leave that one up there. But the point is, we all need this revelation of Jesus Christ. And when I say revelation, what I'm trying to say is, we all need to see what is already there. But when you see it, you're like, oh, wow. You know, that other one, I still haven't found those two people kissing. But maybe someone will show me later. She was like, oh, You know, and, and what we need is that Okay, so I think, I suppose what I'm trying to explain is, is without a revelation of Jesus Christ, we've got absolutely nowhere in our walk with God. Uh, uh, it, it, you can't be, it's hard to have, be a Christian and not know that God is your, is your saviour. And if you haven't had that revelation of Jesus Christ, um, <clears throat> We're going to talk through some things and we're going to maybe find out how we can do that. <laughs> okay? Um, now, when God really speaks to our heart, it's like I was saying, it's like a, uh, like a, a pinprick. Um, and a pinprick is like a... It jolts you, doesn't it? It's like a, It wakes you up. You know, if, if someone was sleeping and you gave them a pinprick, they'd know about it, wouldn't they? Uh, and they may not be too happy with you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we're just going to have a quick look at a Bible verse just to, com- just to confirm what I'm saying. Uh, we're going to look at Acts 2, verse 36. Okay. Uh, Acts 2, verse 36 says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this... Uh, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now, I only read the last bit of, of a very long preach um, that P- Peter had given to the people after, um, after uh, Pentecost. Okay? Now, this is what it says. It says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostle, apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Uh, and the point here is that when they heard about Jesus, when they received this revelation of who Jesus was, they were cut to the heart. And we will be cut to the heart, but only when we receive this revelation of who Jesus is. Okay, and this is what we need to look for. Um, <clears throat> um, now, Peter replied, repent 
and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And I just think, that's, that's all of it right there. That's everything we need in one sentence. Repent, be baptised, and receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's when, when God pricks our hearts. Now, it was fantastic last week to hear Mark preaching about repentance because these are the things that we need to hear. These are the things we need to hear as a church. We need to stay um, soft to God and we need to, we need to realise that even as Christians, there's things that we're going to have to repent for over and over again. And that's all right. It's all right to be in that place. In fact, we want to be in that place where we're saying, God, I've seen some other things that I want to deal with. Or I can see what you're pointing out in my life. I want to change. I want to be more like you. That's a repentant heart. Uh, and as a Christian, you don't repent once and then uh, move past repentance. You know, our heart stays in that place where we're saying, Lord, your way is the way. My way is not the way. And... Um, <clears throat> I just, yeah, I, I think something as I was preparing that I just wanted to share was um, repentance is really important. So is baptism. You know, if you haven't been baptised yet, I'd really encourage you to think about it because um, the Lord asks us to do it. That's why. You know, it's, it's that simple. We want to show God, I want to be obedient to you. Uh, and as we do that, it, it, it it's like a release in our lives. Um, so please consider that. If you haven't been baptised and, you, and you, you want to consider it, come and, come and chat to any of the leaders afterwards and we, we, we'd love to chat with you and uh, um, work through that. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to move on to talk about uh, our worship times. Now, um, something that I, I, I've realised is that a lot of revelation about Jesus that I get personally, I receive when my heart is open to God uh, and God is speaking. Uh, and that's why worship is so such a fantastic opportunity for us. And if we're struggling, it's the, the place we need to be in. If, does that make sense? Um, uh, A.W. Tozer says this, the worshipping heart knows Jesus is what he claimed to be because God sent him God sent his Holy Spirit to carry the confirmation to the conscience of man okay I fumbled that a little bit there but what, what he's saying is and what I love about this phrase is during the worship time the Holy Spirit moves on our hearts and our consciences and you just know there's just a knowing in your heart God is who he says he is and Jesus is who he says he is and you can't escape it you can't you can't necessarily quantify it either do you know what I mean if someone said to you well can you explain why you believe Jesus is who he says he is and you sort of I just do I just know and there's nothing you can say or do that was going to persuade me otherwise because I've had a moment where I've, I knew him that close you know and, and all of us are entitled to that if we'll open our hearts to him. Uh, I just want to encourage you that if, you will, if you're willing to open your heart to him, he will come. He will come and he will show you. 
Um, and and there's, there's, there's something more than that. I, I believe that um, there's a sense where God sort of, if you, if, you've op- if you open your heart to the Lord and, and you know that he, he, he is real, Jesus Christ is real, he will fi- that, that sense will follow you wherever you go. You can't get away from it. I mean, you, you can do certain things, like you can, um, you can um, drown it out. You can, you can put a lot of noise in your life. You can put a lot of other things in your life. But the truth is, when you get on your own, there's a sense, things aren't right. I know things aren't right. Why aren't things right? And, you, and, and, and there's this, this sense that keeps drawing you towards Jesus. What is it? Why is it? Um, and and that sense will be with you to your dying day if you do nothing about it. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you, if you have that burning on your heart, do something about it. Speak to him. Just open your heart to him. Accept him as your saviour. I think this is uh, why our worship times together are just so important. Because you have the opportunity to have a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ when you worship him. You can, have it on your, you can have that opportunity on your own by just praying with him, sure, too. But, you know, sometimes when stuff, life is tough and you feel completely lost through the week, you know, it's so great to come and be here and be amongst, um, be amongst brothers and sisters who love God and, and to hear God. God speaking, like this morning, there was it, it was great, wasn't it? Um, you know, um, Steve spoke in tongues there, uh, and um, and then three people shared. And you know what? They shared the same thing in three different ways because everybody's different and everybody sees things slightly different. But they all said the same thing. Not interesting. Now, we don't have a little team meeting beforehand, sit around and say, right, you say this and you say this and I'll say that. You know, we're not that coordinated. If you know anything about us, we're not, we're not that coordinated to pull that move off. You know, the Lord just speaks into our hearts and we share it. Uh, and I believe that was for us today, what was being said about, um, <clears throat> about how the Lord wants to forgive and he wants to lift off those things that are so heavy on your heart. Um, <clears throat> now, we, uh, I was comparing it to this. If if the Christian walk was like uh, Monopoly, um, <clears throat> without a revelation of Jesus Christ, um, it'd be like you don't go past go, you don't get two hundred pounds, and you can't start. That's what it would be like. You need Jesus Christ. To get going. Uh, so the question before, uh, and Toza writes this too. Um, so the question before us, and the question that really matters, is simply, what do you think about Christ? And what are you going to do with Christ? Every question we ever had can be boiled down to this one subject of Jesus Christ. And you might say to me this morning, Pat, that's a bit much, isn't it? Every question in the whole world boiled down to one thing. 
But when you stand before him at the end, it will be. And I'll tell you, not only that, not only your own salvation rests on, on what you believe about Jesus Christ and what you do with it, but the way you live your life as a Christian, it, it's so important to <clears throat> bring things back to this place. Jesus, who are you? Uh, and I want to encourage you, if you've been a Christian for a long time, this is for you. This isn't just for people who don't know Jesus yet. This isn't for people who are inquiring about God. J Jesus, who are you? Jesus, show yourself to me. Jesus, I need something fresh from you. It needs to be in your every day. Uh, and I just want to uh, <clears throat> tell you a couple of stories from a couple of different people in the Bible that, that support this. Now, uh, I'll tell you them in a minute. So, what do we do when we're praying for someone who's completely off track? You ever been praying for someone who's, or you just know someone and they're lost? They're completely hell bent in the wrong direction and they think they're right. You know, and most of us would say, well, I was there once. Uh, I just want to encourage you uh, for, with a story of, of my own dad. Um, <clears throat> he was. Um, he said he, he, took, he took drugs from when he was 15 to when he was 33. Um, uh, he said he only have, ever had one job he liked and, and he gave that up. Uh, but his main job was being a drug dealer. Um, and he enjoyed that quite a lot <laughs> and everything that came along with that in the 60s. And, um, <clears throat> but um, he was a very happy-go-lucky person. And... Uh, um, he said in the 60s he could make two grand on a weekend and, uh, and he'd waste all of it on the same day just for fun and that was the type of character he was and, um, <clears throat> but one thing led to another and he ended up taking the harder drugs that he was selling um, <clears throat> uh, and, uh, and he ended up in prison he did three years in prison and he said, if they caught me for everything I did, they would have to throw the key away. <laughs> he did three years in prison, and he still took drugs all the way through prison. Uh, and then after prison, he went to rehab. And he was at the complete end of himself. Um, <clears throat> and he tried everything, every high that was available. He said he tried it. He said, he said to me, every sin that was out there, I tried it. <laughs> uh, and... Um, <clears throat> He said he got right to the bottom and he said this, um, God, if you're real, show yourself to me and I'll follow you. I'll, I'll drop everything. I'll follow you. Not that he had a lot to drop. He was in rehab with nothing. <laughs> but <clears throat> that, was, that was what his heart was. God, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. He didn't say it like that. He just said Show me yourself. Anyway, same day, man comes to him 
and tells him all about Jesus on that same day. And he went, okay, you've got me. <laughs> you've got me. <laughs> that pinprick. Nothing else worked. It didn't matter what anyone, people could have preached him blue in the face up to that point. It didn't mean anything. Blank. Until that revelation of Jesus Christ came. And then his whole world turned completely upside down. <laughs> completely upside down. Um, and then he was a born again, on fire, happy clappy Christian who wanted to go out and evangelize the whole world. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, totally changed in an instant. And um, <clears throat> I want to encourage you, something that I've been thinking about quite a lot is we believe in the power of Jesus Christ. You know, and um, we were praying for people earlier. Uh, and part of me thinks, oh, it's, it's a bit, you know, um, we're praying for people, what's going to happen? Or is this a bit weird? Or, you know, you think, oh, um, poor old Charlie over there, this is probably massively embarrassing for her, for us all going to stand around her and pray for her, you know. <clears throat> but the reality is we believe in the power of God, okay? We believe in Jesus Christ. That's what we believe. We believe that he lived, he died, and he rose again. And that's what we believe. And that, that is the pinprick that I have on my life from God. That those things are real. Now, if they're real, if God, if God rose again and he's defeated sin and he's defeated death, and he's all-powerful and he's coming back again, then I, I better start praying for people. Why would we not pray for them? We've got the, we've got the all-powerful creator of the earth, the overcomer, living in my heart. Why would I not pray? You know, we can be so timid and not realise what God has put within us. And we have, to say, we have to say to ourselves, we have to say, Lord, show me yourself again. Jesus, reveal yourself to me again. Because I'm, I'm somewhere along the line, I've dropped the ball. I've been a Christian a long time, but I don't believe anymore. I've fallen back into this place of safety where I'm not praying because at the end of the day, you stop praying when you stop believing. Uh, and I want to talk about uh, a man from the Bible, a man named Saul. Saul was hell-bent in the wrong direction, wasn't he? This man, Saul. He was learned he was extremely clever uh, he came from an extremely good family background uh, he, he was extremely high up in religious circles he was extremely motivated I don't know if any of you have been watching that uh, AD Kingdom and Empire on uh, Netflix but uh, I think that guy in there Paul is outstanding he really captures the intensity of, uh, of this guy and uh, and, and do you know what? Um, going in completely the wrong direction. What would be your prayer for Paul? And the early church were terrified of this guy. He was going around arresting them, having them flogged and put in prison. And, and he, was, he was the most zealous person. He was going from town to town, trying to find them and get rid of them. And he believed he was doing the right thing. You ever met those type of people? They're hell-bent in the wrong direction. They don't believe in God and they believe they're right. 
And, and we can pray things like, oh, Lord, please make them leave me alone. <laughs> and I'm sure the early church prayed, Lord, stop this guy. Stop him. <laughs> Get him to leave us alone. Get rid of him. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, if we really believe in the power of God, we should be praying different to that. This should be the prayer of our hearts. Lord, reveal yourself to him. Because we believe in your power. Lord, show him Jesus Christ and turn him upside down on his head. And that's the prayer that we need to have for people in our lives who haven't met Jesus yet, that are a pain in the backside. That's the prayer we need to have for our children. Lord, please make them good. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid that. You've seen my three kids running around. Lord, just please don't let them do it and rip the wallpaper off the walls today. <laughs> you know, please help them find a job. That can be our prayer for our children. But I'll tell you what, skip that prayer. Throw that prayer in the bin. This needs to be our prayer for our children. Lord, meet my child. Lord, reveal Jesus. Jesus, reveal yourself to my child. Jesus, reveal yourself to my friend. Jesus, reveal yourself to that annoying colleague at work who always gets on my case. Turn them upside down. Have we stopped believing that God can turn people upside down? He turned me upside down. Still got some work to go. I might need a couple of circuits of upside down. So let's read it. Acts 9 verse 1. Meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who were belonging to the way whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up, go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Nothing was going to change Saul off his course except for an encounter with Jesus Christ. Nothing will change people from their course but an encounter with Jesus Christ. And we need to pray into that. We need to make opportunity for that as a church. You know what? People will come through this door uh, and they won't stay because the coffee's good. I don't know if the coffee's good. I don't drink coffee. You know, The donuts are helpful. But there's plenty of other clubs out there that are better than our club in running things. They're better organised. They've got a better biscuits. People aren't going to stay because of that. 
We need to make sure that our church is so salty with Jesus Christ that people go, wow, there's something different here. God's changing people's lives upside down here. I just want to encourage you that our prayer as individuals has got to be, Lord, I'm struggling. Help me to do better. No, that's not the prayer. Help me to do better is not going to get you there. Lord, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Show me yourself. Show me what you're like. Reveal Jesus to me. Right. Um, <clears throat> John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was uh, another character in, in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> he was a bit of a nutter, to be honest. Bit of a nutter. Um, <clears throat> He, uh, was, he was born around the same size, time as Jesus. In fact, I, I believe he was half cousin. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, <clears throat> but he had his own path to follow. And it was, um, he was all out for God. He was one of these guys who was like, God, I'm all in. I'm all in, literally. And I, I wrote down some of the things. <clears throat> he, he's, he was like, God, I want to go all the way for you. And uh, I looked through it. And clearly, he, he, he learned his um, scriptures off by heart. That was the type of person he was. He knew all the scriptures off by heart, and God was speaking to him. He'd given up. He had no house. He lived in the desert. He had no proper food. He was eating insects. He, didn't have, he had no proper clothes. He was wearing um, camel's, whatever it was, camel's fur, or whatever it was, yeah. Not great. Living in the desert in a leather outfit <laughs> doesn't sound great to me. No reputation. People came out to him and said, are you the Messiah? He wasn't trying to be anyone. He said, no. They said, are you a prophet? No. Well, who are you then? He said, I'm just one trying to make the way for somebody else. Um, and... Uh, and, and he wasn't, the thing is, he also did not let fear get hold of him. He would preach what he would preach, regardless of who was there, regardless of what day it was, and regardless against who. And he told the Pharisees there were a bunch of snakes. He told Herod that he was completely in sin and he was wrong. Herod was a king. He wasn't afraid. And uh, they locked him up. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, they locked him up. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and he was pointing at Jesus. His whole thing was, and, and then this is what I loved. I don't know if someone said it last week, maybe Mark. He was saying, Jesus has got to go up and I've got to go down. He's got to increase and I've got to decrease. Isn't that the word for our lives? And, um, but he was locked up in prison and his disciples had now gone and followed Jesus. And do you know what? I, I take this as a, as a picture of what our own lives can be like sometimes, even when we've been doing the right things. He must have thought, well, I, I've followed God all the way. And we can feel like that as Christians. I, I've, I'm a Christian, I'm doing my best. And 
And life's tough. And you know what? I feel like I'm stuck. Paul was in, uh, John was in a physical prison, but our hearts can feel like just in a cage. You can feel like I'm trapped here. I am. I physically can't go anywhere. Family will do that to you. I can't. I can't do this. I can't move left. I can't move right. And I'm just miserable. We can feel like that. And and I'm sure he did. And um, <clears throat> and I mean, he knew he was on death row. He knew he wasn't really going anywhere. He knew he had to decrease. He'd already said it. I've got. We've got to get rid of me and we've got to lift Jesus up. He already had a revelation of Jesus. He was the one who said, this is the one. This is the one. This is the Messiah. He'd already prophesied it. It wasn't like he didn't know. In his heart, he knew that Jesus was the one. And you know, some of us, we know that Jesus is the one. Yet we're still caged up. Okay? Now, I'm going to read you from Matthew 11. When John who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Okay, And now what I love about the way that Jesus does things is Jesus knew that John knew the scriptures and that John was a prophet and that John knew Isaiah uh, and things like this and he knew that John knew what the Messiah was going to be like. He knew that he was going to heal people, he was going to release people, he was going to protect people, he was going to preach the good news. He knew all these things from the scriptures. And so what he said to those disciples of John sent back, he said, tell him what you see. He could have said, yeah, I'm the one. But he didn't do that. He said, tell him what you see. And I bet when they went back and they said, this is happening, and John would have gone, oh, he's the one. I know he's the one because I know the scriptures. And, and he would have been so excited in his heart and he would have been, I think he would have been, I'm done. And I think he would have been so happy. But this is the thing, and I want you to, I want you to pick up on one thing. You're in a prison, you can ask Jesus anything. He could have sent his disciples to ask Jesus anything. He could have said this, Jesus, why am I stuck in prison? Jesus, come and get me out of prison. Jesus, I'm your cousin. What about me? What about the things I'm going through? I can't see how I'm going to get out. I can't see a way past where I am. But John doesn't do that. <laughs> John does not do that. What does he say? Are you the one? That's what he says. Are you the one? That's all he needs to know. Are you the one? And now I'll tell you what, that's all you need to know. Is he the one? That's all you need to know. Everything else will work itself out from that point. And I challenge you this morning, I challenge you, will you say to him, are you the one? I know I'm a Christian, I've been a long t- Christian a long time. Lord, will you show yourself to me again? Will you show me what you're like again? Because I, I've stopped believing. 
I'm not hungry anymore. Will you show yourself to me again? Will you reveal something of your character, something of your power? You've got problems. Show me, are you the one? Not fix my problems. And watch him do it. Watch him, watch him release your heart. You know, you can have problems and not care. You can have problems and have joy. Or you can be like some people, on top of the world, miserable as anything. Jesus has something more for you. I just want to encourage you. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't really got too much else to say. But the question you should be asking is, Jesus. And the answer <laughs> is Jesus. Sounds really silly, doesn't it? Jesus is the question as well as the answer. Amen? All right, let's, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's just have a little, uh, a little time really. Well, I'd like to say, um, let's have a few minutes where we can just be really honest with God. We can say, Lord, show yourself to me.